Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. On this week's episode, we're going to talk all about Julie's exploits and pursuits and adventures in Cannes. She's actually in Cannes right now as we record. Right, and Josh also reached a real milestone for this podcast. He met up with Kim Kardashian, one of the patron saints, for a, a wide-ranging conversation. And Josh went to Rihanna's Met Ball party. Josh, how was it? I want to hear everything, including what you wore and how you pre-gamed. It was a very interesting night. It was the Met Ball on Monday, so I went... I was kind of obviously like everyone, I think, watching to see all the different, you know, looks online. We were writing some posts and covering the event. And then I went out to Rihanna's party, which was supposed to start at 11 p.m. So that means the Met Ball was kind of early. I think the red carpet ended around 830 or nine this year. And I you know, raced home. I wasn't sure what to wear to Rihanna's after party. It's a hard one to dress for. I was hoping I would have some sort of bedazzled cross or interesting, you know, something to fit the theme, which was, you know, heavenly bodies. And, you know, there was a, relig- a religious theme this year for the Met Ball. So I wanted something that was going to help me blend in with everyone else, as if I could ever blend in with Rihanna and company. But I ended up just wearing like a suit, essentially which is probably like overdressed, honestly, for the vibe of the party. But I got there and Julie, I'm sure you've had a similar experience. I got there at 11 p.m., you know, thinking that, you know, I was like eager, you know, eager to be like be there right when everything started. Rihanna did not get there till 2.40 a.m. So I was there for about three hours until Rihanna got there. The party started earlier, but Rihanna didn't actually get there until 2.40. You and I need to throw a party just so we can show up like three and a half hours late. In retrospect, it kind of makes sense. I should have been smarter about what time I got there because the Met Ball actually did. I think it maybe was later than some years this year, maybe, because they all go to a one after party right after either Balmain and Versace, both at after parties this year. So I think it seems like pretty split half went to each. And then Rihanna's party was like the final destination for a lot of people. So it was the second after party for most people. So I should have calculated that when I was figuring out what time to get there. Right. I want to rewind a second. What was your favorite netball look? I loved Rihanna's. She always does a good job, I think, of adhering to the theme and going for it. My mom and I were going over all the looks last night. And I think we both have the feeling of we appreciate when they go for the theme, because sometimes there's a good look, but it doesn't connect at all to the theme, which isn't fun. Right. You know, exactly. Like you to figure out a way to nod at least to the theme. So I don't care if you just look great. If you're not doing the theme, you don't get the Josh Duboff seal of approval. And I thought Rihanna always does such a good job of doing that, but still making it kind of her own thing. I love Rihanna's bedazzled Pope's hat situation. No one else could pull that off. I thought Blake Lively was incredible. I'm biased in that I always think she's like the winner of Blake and Rihanna, but I thought Blake looked so good this year. I think it took 600 hours of labor for her dress to get made, and she looked awesome, I thought. Who else? J-Lo looked really good. 
Kim Kardashian looked great, I thought. I can't believe I'm calling Kim Kardashian's look subtle because it was a very form-fitting, like, liquid gold Versace dress. But it was, like, a little more subtle than I actually was expecting. Right. Which ones did you like? See, I loved Amal Clooney, but that was one of those ones that looked amazing, but I wasn't sure what the heavenly tie-in was. Where's the heaven in there? I guess George Clooney, her angel, just floating. Good call. George Clooney's the heavenly body. Yeah, Emma Stone I thought looked good. We are going to get into the Emma Stone of it with the after party. Um, yes. Yeah. So so let's go back to the party. So what are all the guests doing? Are they disappointed that Rihanna isn't there? The club that it was at was called Up and Down. New Yorkers might be familiar with it, I guess. <laughs> it's on 14th Street in the Meatpacking District. It's very much a nightclub. Like, there's a big DJ booth. There's different sort of banquettes that you can take over. And when I first got up there, there was Nick Jonas was holding court, kind of standing on a platform in a banquette as if he was like the gym teacher overseeing the affair, kind of like watching down on everyone and sort of just nodding his head and sort of bouncing to the music. And then on the banquette next to his was Ansel Elgort, who was similarly just kind of, it almost looks like they're zoning out. Like they just kind of, nod and kind of don't make eye contact with anyone just looking super uber cool and Ansel Elgort was with Alexander Wang and Zoe Kravitz so for a while those were the two main areas sort of the Ansel and the Zoe area and then the Nick Jonas area and then the music is so loud if we had been recording this podcast the next morning I was nervous because I couldn't speak. Remember that party, Julie, that we once went to in New York where I couldn't speak the next day? It was like that all over again. But it was a sexy, it was a sexy effect. I don't know if sexy is the word for it, but it was something. Anyway, it was really loud. And then I think sort of, I became aware right away, almost after I saw Nick and Ansel of this kind of A-list supermodel squad that then arrived. So it was Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner, who are definitely the ringleaders of this squad. And they both looked amazing. They both changed out of their Met Gala looks into, I hesitate to call them casual dresses, but they looked much more like in going out sort of short dresses. Kendall's had some cool art on it. Bella's was very kind of cool black look that was very revealing, like backless. And they were holding court sort of at the front bank head. So sort of right when you walked in, you saw them. So I kind of hung out for most of the party up there and their area became kind of the hot spot, I would say. So Gigi Hadid arrived and she got up there with them. And at one point they hailed kind of a, an attendant walking around with sliders and fries. And then they brought the sliders and fries over to the Hadids and Kendall. And they were like kind of each eating like three fries, you know, <laughs> right. biting into a burger. That was a highlight for me, though, definitely the supermodels eating the burgers. Also in their area was Jaden Smith, who's their buddy. Carly Kloss came to pay her respects. Emily Ratajkowski, friend of the podcast, who we talked to a few weeks ago. She came in. I got to meet her husband, Sebastian. Oh. Really nice guy. He was wearing like a red sweatshirt. She briefly went up into the kind of supermodel area. Winnie Harlow was up there. Jordan Woods was up there. And Blake Lively, another friend of the podcast, one-time guest. She came in briefly with Christian Louboutin. She had changed into a whole different look, too. Oh, wow. And she kind of also went up. She's friends with Gigi, so she went up into that area, too. 
So that was kind of one area. God, I could talk, I could write a <laughs> dissertation on this party. I'm doing such granular detail. I'm like, I hope you guys are all doing schematics at home as I describe this. I love it. Wait, I want to know what percentage of people were vaping. Oh, a, a, a fair amount, honestly. Because I feel like I can imagine most people just... One of my first observations when I came in was the general smokiness of the room. The smokiness and the loud music, I would say. Jaden got up and performed. Like, could you have gotten up and performed? How did that even happen? Yeah, so the DJ situation was interesting. He kind of would shout out different things throughout the night. So at one point he said, Gigi and Bella in the house. And everyone would look over at them and cheer. At one point he you know, went, Childish Gambino here. Uh, and then they played This Is America, which is Donald Glover's new song. And he took over the mic briefly. He kind of did an extended ode to Diddy, who was there, and handed Diddy the mic. And Diddy was there with his sons and his girlfriend, Cassie. And then at one point he said, you know, let's hand it over to our friend Jaden. So Jaden takes the mic and kind of in this supermodel court area just performs a whole song. So it was this impromptu performance that everyone kind of took their phones out to record. Yeah, it did sort of seem a little bit like open mic night. Two Chains, I think, performed at one point. They were kind of just letting anyone who wanted their their chance to have at it. And so around 2.40, Rihanna did show up after a lot of these people had already arrived. And she walked in this kind of procession of her stylist, her best friend, her creative director, her entourage. They immediately escorted her right by the DJ booth into this pretty sequestered area. So it was hard to get to her. But she was wearing really fashionable, I don't know, do you see photos of this? It was sort of like like glimmering pajamas, I want to say. She looked great. She was kind of wearing sunglasses as well. I was a little disappointed she wasn't still wearing the bedazzled Pope hat and such. Did she have it with her? I wish she would have had it. I didn't see it. I know. Can you imagine if that had been passed around? And then she kind of was behind where Ansel and Nick Jonas were, if you're still trying to sketch this out. I know. I love the visual of Nick Jonas, like, refing the party. Yeah, that is sort of what it was like. Pharrell was in front of her as well with his wife. And Rihanna would kind of lean over to occasionally chat to people, but I kind of loved it. It was almost in the royal box at Wimbledon or something when Kate Middleton might lean out to talk to someone else. That's sort of what it felt like. Rihanna, I will say this for her. I was at this after party last year, too. She's one of the few really, 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 like, extremely famous people, I feel, as if I've witnessed where it seems as though she's having such a good time. She doesn't seem stressed out. She's just kind of dancing and having a blast. I feel like Rihanna doesn't get stressed out about anything. It's kind of crazy how she doesn't, actually. And I kind of love it, obviously. I just think it's so fun to watch her just kind of having such a good time and not be worried about what's going on around her. Kind of the final crew was like the serious actor brigade. So shortly after Rihanna arrived, I kind of went back to scope things out and I almost walked right into Alexander Skarsgård, our party companion, Julie. Friend, friend of the podcast, yes. No longer with like a weird hair situation that I know he briefly had. And he was with Ruth Nega from Loving, and she was with Emma Stone and Justin Thoreau. And they were all kind of in an area together. And Justin and Emma were sitting next to each other and seemed to be very immersed in conversation. Uh, and near them was like Chadwick Boseman, Donald Glover. So I felt like that was kind of the 
hip, cool actors hang space, sort of in the back, where it was a little more low-key and, you know, far from the supermodels. And uh, they were all kind of mingling. But I've also been reading some tabloid reports about Emma Stone and Justin Theroux. Right. And I know a lot of paparazzi photographed them coming out of Rihanna's party together. And I think they got in a car together with someone else, maybe. But I don't know. Something... I don't want to guess too much about what's going on there, but they definitely seemed very close and they were definitely by each other's side for the party. But they're also, they're starring in a Netflix show together, but I don't know. What do you make of it, Julie? No, I was just very eager for, because you are so, you get so granular with the details. Like if there's anyone who could pick up on this, this energy. When I saw that there were starting to be tabloid reports after this party, let's just say I was not surprised. I I definitely, I immediately said to my friend, I was like, Something's interesting there. Well, you know what? Good for Jennifer Aniston because I feel like if they were still together and they got this invite, like she did not want to go out at 2 a.m. to like a Rihanna no, that's club so party. <laughs> when Rihanna decided to leave at four, the party immediately, I mean, it was the height of the party still at 3.55 a.m. Rihanna leaves at four, the party immediately ends. Like that was that. And everyone just floods out after Rihanna left. I kind of did a scan to see who was still there in the minutes after Rihanna left. And the only celebrities I saw were Ruth, who was texting, and then Bella, who was kind of still dancing and having a great time up on the partition. Kendall had left, but she was still up there. And then we went outside. Rihanna got in her car and left. And then Bella Hadid was the last person to leave, like celebrity to leave. Uh, probably around 4.20. I love that you and Bella left together. <laughs> we walked out together, essentially, and I filmed her. I posted it on my Instagram, but she kind of was greeted by fans, and she was, like, all different photographers were all, on, you know, around her. You left with Bella Hadid, and you did the most amazing Instagram story that I laughed out loud about. <laughs> Everyone knows that a party doesn't end until Josh Dubuff and Bella Hadid leave. I decided she's extremely cool in a way that I didn't necessarily, I don't know. She's obviously on my radar, but she wasn't someone I had a great sense of until this night. She's kind of the ringleader of that whole crew in a way, I felt. Interesting. I had my own Bella Hadid experience just today. I mean, I wish we would have known that we would be seeing them, like, um, and them being Bella and Alexander Alexander Wang 36 hours apart because I would have, like, had you send something with Bella. Yeah, this is an amazing transition. So Julie is in Cannes right now. She saw Bella... What was the event that you saw Bella at today? Um, well, I've gone to very important film-oriented events, but today there was, it's kind of a slow day at the festival, and I was looking for something to cover. Every year, Magnum Ice Cream hosts this, it's essentially a press conference on the beach. So there are all these like very revered, respected filmmakers like down, <laughs> down the sidewalk, the Quasette, and then Magnum hosts this event where they debut a commercial last year it was Cara Delevingne and Jeremy Scott I think we talked about this last year right this year it was Bella Hadid and Alexander Wang and again like there were paparazzi just teeming outside the entrance I had to like shove people to get inside people were screaming like Bella 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 they were debuting and I still like this doesn't make any sort of sense they were debuting a line of leather encrusted coolers 
that retail for $850. Yeah, like a cooler to hold your ice cream bars. $850? Yes, because it's leather. And on stage, Jeremy was like, Bella, you should bring your cooler tonight as your purse. And even she was like, yeah, right. Like, I would be caught dead with that thing. But just to set the, set the scene, it's as close to any sort of, like, Zoolander premise as I've ever walked into. It's a tent on the beach. It's inside, uh, covered with these framed portraits, gold-framed portraits of Bella Hadid posing very sexily with a Magnum ice cream bar. Oh my god. I know, like Annie Leibovitz style, she's making these dramatic faces. With the, uh, holding the ice cream or not? Yes, holding the ice cream. Magnum flies all these social influencers in for the event, and then they hold this press conference where this woman on stage asks the most banal questions, like, if you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be? And Bella has to answer all of these? Right, but Bella... To her credit, pro that she is, even though she was like probably paid like a million dollars to show up for 30 minutes in this tent, was very much into it, much more so than Cara Delevingne. She was like living. When they said they were going to screen the little 20-second commercial, she actually <laughs> squealed on stage. Like there was no one in this world as excited about this collaboration. Wow, so she was really, she was She was really it. trying to sell it. She said if she were an ice cream flavor, she would be dark chocolate. But then she said, like, all of her answers were said in the most sexy way possible. Alexander Wang messed up by saying something I was actually interested in during this event. He said, I guess he has a cameo in the new Ocean's 8 movie. Ooh, during the Met Ball scene? During the Met Ball. And they asked him what his role was. And he, like... I don't know how much of a plot point it is, but he says he's involved in the scene where Anne Hathaway, her soup is poisoned. Anne Hathaway's soup gets poisoned in Ocean's 8. By the way, missed opportunity, I think, at the actual Met Ball to not do more with the Ocean's 8 cast. Exactly, but I love that Alexander Wang said it so casually, like everyone in the audience knew that there's a scene where Anne Hathaway's Anne soup Hathaway's is poisoned. Soup poisoned. I wonder who poisons it. I know. Um, so that was the highlight today. I still don't really know, of course, what the point of that event was. I know everyone's talking about Kate Blanchett and Kristen Stewart because they're both on the jury this year and wearing fabulous outfits. Wearing fabulous have you, have you outfits. Seen them at all, or? Yes, I went to the opening press conference where Kate Blanchett was joined by all of her jury members, including Ava DuVernay. And usually it's, you know, these foreign reporters asking the panel questions. And I was very much impressed because Kate just like took charge. She was very clearly the leader, had articulate answers for every single question, even if they were about like the festival not accepting more female filmmakers, even though that had nothing to do with her. Like I would vote Kate Blanchett for president after seeing how she handled every single question effortlessly. Everyone has to go and read Julie's uh, write-up of this press conference because Kate's answers are so good. It's um, And also, wait, what was the one about how she says be- being beautiful doesn't mean that you're not necessarily intelligent or something like that? I totally fumbled it. If someone asks something about there are so many pretty woman- women, also it's like answering these crudely like put together questions from foreign 
are a little bit hard, but she said that beauty doesn't preclude intelligence. That was a good line. She also shut down this reporter who asked, like, the filmmakers on the panel what films still mean. She was she looked to Kristen Stewart and was like, so actresses don't answer this because you don't know how to answer the question. Like, oh she interpreted God. that as very sexist. I know. The fashion is on point. It is kind of funny, though, because I feel like Kristen Stewart is so in awe of Kate, as we all are. So all of the photos of them as a group kind of reflect, like, everybody. We're looking up at her 100%. I feel like I've already seen a few different events that have happened where it looks like Kristen's kind of gazing up at her with admiration, as one should and does. But... Um, it's just funny. Right. Uh, other highlights. Um, I was on the red carpet the first night with Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. You know, I didn't realize the glamorous and like an amazing couple and they star in this kidnapping drama, but they can make even that seem sexy. So all good. But I, I miss Josh. Wait, also, we should shout out you ran into a podcast fan while you were out in Cannes. Oh, my gosh. I, I ran into her today at some event for Jessica Chastain has an amazing new spy movie that she like just pitched. She's out here getting financing for it. They threw a little celebration for her. And I want to shout out to Rebecca Lewis, who flagged me down. I love this. It was a real milestone. I've never been, like, recognized in the wild, but she was so sweet. I think we're probably going to meet up tomorrow at some point. It was, it was a real moment. And I am very excited to hear about the rest of your can adventuring. Do you, Have you got, picked up on any... You're close to London, or at least closer than I am in New York. Are people at all talking about Megan or the wedding at all? No, no. But I, I just want to have a moment in this podcast episode for Tom Markle. Shout out, because I feel like the Daily Mail coverage has never been more cruel, right? If you haven't yet, we'll retweet it on our Twitter. But um, the Daily Mail has run consecutive posts that are insane. And their kind of level of detail and bleakness uh, there's there's one where he's at an online cafe looking up a photo of Harry and Meghan. Because his Wi-Fi connection at home is not bad. And then as if every time you think you've like reached the basement cellar, like the Daily Mail finds some sort of trap door and they take you down another floor. So then there were photos of him checking into a $70 a night budget hotel. There were photos of him picking up supplies at 7-Eleven, including his like gastrointestinal illness medicine. It's really horrible. But I also wonder if, I was talking to my friend Katie about this, how it almost seems like, not staged, but they're getting these kind of insanely close photos of him doing things. Like the one of him at the online cafe, like either people are really selling him out because everyone in this town is watching for him, or um, it's almost bizarre to me that we're getting this kind of granular access to his day-to-day. Right, but I also, I guess there's a level of respect I have because I feel like he lived in a small town, so he has to know like when he's watching but he's not going to change his lifestyle oh my god i can't wait to see how he actually what happens to him at Lo- in london how he fares um okay well we need to move on because you talked to kim kardashian yes so we will round things out this crazy week kim kardashian uh the day at the night after the met ball Uh, was honored by the business of fashion because she was on the cover of their beauty uh, supplement that they recently put out. So there was a kind of 
whole family support system in place for this. So Chris came with Corey Gamble, Kylie and Kendall came, uh, Lala Anthony, Kim's friend, uh, Kylie's friend Jordan, Tommy Hilfiger was there. Uh, and there was this kind of big dinner at this very cool new restaurant in the Lower East Side in Chinatown. Uh, so Kim and Kylie showed up like the minute before the dinner was going to start. Chris uh, Jenner and Kendall were there early and sort of for the cocktail hour. But uh, Kim and Kylie did a very like last minute entrance. And Kim was wearing an insane dress. It was another Versace, very form-fitting, like, gold look. But she's very sweet. She kind of sat down. She did an interview with me and one other interview before the dinner. I feel like you guys got to some crazy subjects. That's one thing I would say. Like, she's revealing. Like, she doesn't necessarily... When I say, like, restraint or anything like that, it's more about kind of the way she's expressing it or something. But she actually is willing to be chatty which I also appreciated. Like she went on some, she was kind of went on a little detour to explain that, like, I guess she's, they're filming keeping up with the Kardashians at the Met Ball. Um, so she, or I don't know if like actually them going, but it's going to be a plot point. So she said she woke, she had gotten barely any sleep after the Met Ball. This actually didn't get into my piece. And when they were filming on Tuesday, uh, she like just needed a break it was too much so she felt really bad but she had to say like hold on guys i need to take a nap so like they were scheduled to film during the day on that tuesday after and she was like i just need a break um and and she also told me that the show because i was asking if it's exhausting to always be filming the show and and then after she made that comment and she said they're actually about to go on a month-long break which they haven't done in years she said Usually they'll just go on a break for two weeks or these very short breaks at a time. But she said they're about to take like an extended break for the first time in a while. Wow. I wonder that's probably not related to anything Kanye. I was, I don't know. It's interesting timing though, because I feel as with the Chloe scandal with Tristan Thompson and then with the Kanye stuff, it does feel like there's a lot of heat on them right now. Um, She did make a comment though, which I love that even though, the two-month break hasn't happened, or the however long the break is going to be hasn't happened yet. She still was teasing the drama. She was, you know, she said, like, I'm sure when we come back from that, uh, we're going to have, uh, like, so much to, 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 like, talk about and discuss. Like, she already knows that there's going to be so, so much drama during the break. She also, like, promoted the upcoming season, I felt like. She kind of insinuated that she, like, addresses Kanye's Twitter meltdowns. Yeah, she did. It was a very wide-ranging discussion because it started with talking about how she lost like six or seven pounds in the past. On a cleanse. On a a cleanse, which signed me up for that cleanse because she was so nervous about the night before trying on her Met Ball dress because she was nervous that it wasn't going to fit because I guess she lost enough weight that her body was different. So it fit like a glove, which she was very happy about. And then she discussed how fun the Met was with Madonna and that that was like her highlight, seeing Madonna and the monk. The singing monks. <laughs> I love and I love that she threw in that, you know, she had seen Madonna in concert. But this was different because there were singing monks there and it was at the Met to have that experience as well. We talked about the kind of, I guess, different kind of Kanye and different scandals that she deals with. And she was saying a lot of times she has to hold back from tweeting something or weighing in 
because she knows, like, in due time, you'll see on the show right. what's actually going on. So I do feel like that was her way of saying, you know, I think you'll end up finding out more about the context for all of this. Hint, hint. Julie, I liked that when I asked her who would be her dream interview of someone to interview. This is the last person I would ever expect. In the same way that, because I said, you know, I loved when Jennifer Lawrence interviewed you. That was so fun. And it was cool to see you guys interact. Who would you want to be your person if you were in the Jennifer Lawrence role? And she said, right away, Cher. She said she loves Cher. She thinks Cher has so many stories to tell. And, you know, I'd love to see that interview. I know. Sign me up for that Netflix special. The Kim Cher sit down. She had just been to Cher's concert. And then I asked if there's about what about Kanye, which she feels doesn't get reported enough or what we don't know. And she said, would you have expected this, Julie? She said it was how funny he is and that he, people around him are always like he's, he's constantly just being witty and hilarious. I wish we got to see that side of him more, but I feel like he's very careful exactly and on the reality show he's very guarded too right so i guess tune in but it was a she was was lovely and great but before i was while i was waiting to chat with her um we were kind of in one part of the restaurant and i kind of didn't even realize i almost was like bumped into someone it's kylie jenner and she is kind of just chatting near kim with her friend jordan woods and then lala anthony who's kim's friend and the three of them are just kind of catching up And I noticed then Kylie taking a photo of Jordan and Lala. So I'm just kind of watching Kylie Jenner take a photograph of her two friends. And I almost thought to myself, oh, I'm waiting for Kim. I might as well just say, like, do you guys want a photo? But I felt like that was overstepping. I didn't want to get into their business. So I didn't say anything. But lo and behold, 30 seconds later, Kylie, like, taps me. And she's like, do you mind taking a photo of the three of us? So I said, of course. So the three of them pose, like, and Julie, I, I posted, so I'm sure you saw the actual photo I took, but I actually think it turned out pretty well. And they really got into formation for this photo. And how long did they pose? It was like watching a, a professional ballet dancer get into stance. Like, I've never seen people so skilled at posing for a photograph in such a flattering um kind of predetermined way. They knew exactly what angles they wanted. It was almost as if they were assessing my height and their height and knew how to calibrate the pose. And I said, I'll take another because I thought maybe they'd want two, you know? Um, So, and then I, so I took a second one and then I handed the phone to Kylie and said, uh, you know, like, let me know. Hopefully this is good. And she didn't really offer anything. So I don't know if she was happy or not with the photo. It didn't show up on her feed. It showed up on Jordan's feed. But also I was thinking to myself, holding Kylie Jenner's phone, like I've never, I will probably never again in my life hold this much money and power in my hand. Like it was kind of an intoxicating feeling to just be standing there holding Kylie Jenner's phone for 30 seconds. Oh my God, you're a changed person. It was kind of amazing. So that was my Kim, my night with Kim and Kylie, which was quite special. And uh, yeah, Kim, we'd love to have you on the podcast at some point. Maybe we will. Please, please. Or Kylie. Or Kylie. I know we can discuss our shared photo. But yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot to take in. Julie's going to be at Cannes for another what? Like almost week. 
Another another six days, yes. And then we have the royal wedding, and Josh and I are kind of figuring out what to do. I think we may record a special special episode. Yeah, so we'll have we'll have our next week's episode before the wedding. We'll definitely let you guys know how to find us on Saturday. Oh, also, if you're watching CNN on Saturday night, I'm going to be in the documentary about Meghan Markle that's airing at 8 p.m. Wait, what? You didn't even tell me this. I haven't publicized it yet, but it just occurred to me maybe I should say something. Oh, my gosh. But I basically sat down for... We'll see how much... They'll probably only end up using, like, 20 seconds of me, but they did a two-and-a-half-hour interview with me about Meghan Markle that almost felt like a dissertation review of which this podcast was like the prep chorus. So I think uh, we'll see how it plays out in the actual documentary. Oh my gosh, I want to like live tweet it. It's called A Royal Match. And then on Sunday night is the Lifetime movie, which Julie, as we all know, hosted a panel for and met the stars. So it's a big Megan Harry television weekend. Big Megan Harry television weekend, yes. All right, well, Julie, have a great rest of the week in can, and we will talk next week. Yes, that does it for this week's In the Limelight. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, give us any feedback you have going into the royal wedding. We really want to hear it. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss these subjects. Also, follow us individually. I'm Jay Duboff. I'm Julie W. Miller. And we also have an Instagram in the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Daniel Roth. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy.